time for Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU-FM. Welcome to the George G. Beasley Media Complex on this fine Tuesday evening in the high country for another episode of Sports Wrap, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, attorney at law. I'm your host, Lucas Warren, and joining me is Jeff Marson, Cody Bear, and Noah Cornelius. Guys, how are we doing today? Lucas, it's a beautiful day. It is. It's a beautiful day today. You know, I've got some good energy. We've got a, a good rundown for you. Um, it's going to be an interesting and, and fun show. I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so nice out today. I watched some. I watched Arkansas State play ULM in the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament in class. So we're in that season. Oh, yeah. we're in that season now. I'm ready to go. You want to talk about getting into seasons? NASCAR's back. So I'm also happy. We're not talking about that today, but in general, I'm having a good time. Lucas, what about you? Yeah, no, we got a juice crowd. I'm feeling the energy. It's <laughs> radiating in this room. I feel feeling good. I think we're gonna have a great show. But we've got a great show for you as always. Uh, we're gonna be looking at our thoughts on the upcoming NFL draft. Then we're going to jump into some college basketball, making some early predictions on our favorite tournament teams. And then closing things out, we're going to do something a little experimental. Uh, we love games here on Sports Wrap, so we're going to do a little game on the NCAA tournament, Ooh, guessing players. I think it's going, okay. to be, going to be pretty fun. We'll see how it goes. But see all that we'll see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff's a little skeptical, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and But all that is next. But first, we're going to look at all things App State Athletics in the Mountaineer Minute. Starting us off, the App State baseball team had a weekend series versus the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Despite never leading in the first seven innings and letting a late lead slip away in the eighth, App State plated four runs in the top of the tenth inning to defeat A&T 11-7, sweeping the Aggies and moving to 7-0 on the season. The App State women's basketball team defeated ULM 77-63 in its regular season finale on Friday while honoring Brooke Bigot, Alea Gilbert, Jaina Sanders, and Summer Schloss for Senior Day. Five Mountaineers recorded double-figure points, led by Sanders 15. The Mountaineers finish as a 10th seed in the Sun Belt and will head to Pensacola, Florida for the Sun Belt Tournament February 28th to March 6th. Moving on, the men's golf team played at the Wolfpack Invitational this weekend in Raleigh, North Carolina. Haraldson's 21st place finish led App State's four entries at the Lonnie Pool Golf Course. App State's first team competition of the spring will be a tournament it hosts annually in North, Car- North Mortal Beach, South Carolina. The Bash at the Beach from March 13th to 14th. Competing in its fifth straight road match, the App State tennis team dropped a tightly contested match at Wofford by a score of 4-3 to three on Sunday. The Mountaineers gained an early advantage by winning the doubles points following victories from Ellie Murphy and Savannah Dada Moskal at number one and Brooke Grubber and Virginia Poggy at number three. Unfortunately, the Terriers would dominate singles, winning four or five matches. App State's next scheduled match is on March 11th in their Sunbelt opener against Arkansas State in Boone. And then closing things out, the App State softball team completed a perfect 5-0 weekend on Sunday with wins over Georgetown, Eastern Kentucky, and UNCW. The Mountaineers, who improved to 8-3, scored a combined 18 runs through their two contests on Sunday while allowing only five on defense. App State secured the season sweep over UNCW after dominating its sole outing against the Colonials. Katie Houston had a trio of hits in both games on the day as she posted two doubles, three runs, and four RBIs. Be sure to support all your App State athletics. And now we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU. 
This is Cameron Moore, Air Personality and Program Director of KISS 95.1 in Charlotte. Are you considering a career in broadcasting? The Keller Radio Talent Institute is 10 days of intense learning from over 40 broadcast professionals this summer on the Appalachian State University campus. This is the only program of its kind for college students. Whether on air on music radio, sports, news, podcasting, sales, social media, video, promotions, or any aspect of radio, this is the Campus to Career Connection. Application deadline, March 1st, but it's a rolling acceptance, so the earlier you apply, the more likely you are to get in. Only 25 students are accepted. More information at nationalradiotalentsystem.com under Keller Radio Talent Institute. Today a student, tomorrow a pro. The App State Career Development Center is here to support students as you explore career paths, identify and develop skills, and pursue experiential opportunities. With the tagline of Explore, Build, Pursue, the center provides opportunities for students to be empowered to achieve lifelong professional success. As you explore majors and careers, our coaches can help you think about how your goals, skills, interests, decision-making process, and personality type might translate into a career. Get started on your career and professional development journey today. Visit the Career Development Center website at careers.appstate.edu. Lights, camera, action. Have you watched our friends at AppTV yet? AppTV is in the same building here on campus with WASU-FM in the Beasley Media Complex. AppTV has student-made content from sports to news to video game reviews. AppTV is on SkyBest Channel 20 or 1020, Spectrum Charter Channel 198, and Channel 23.3 on campus. Or the AppTV website, watchapptv.com. Welcome back to Sports Wrap, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, attorney at law. Next up, guys, the NFL draft, highly anticipated, a lot to look at. You know, we got Chicago Bears picking first. They already have a quarterback. There's a lot of questions with this draft. You know, we have a lot of quarterbacks usually in the first round, but there's some question marks with each one. So we're going to look at your guys' thoughts on all of it. But we're going to start out, like I said, with the Chicago Bears. They are the number one pick in the draft, but they already have Justin Fields, who's playing pretty well at the end of that season last year. So do you think Chicago should stay at number one, use this pick to add the, to their roster, or do you think they should trade out, try to add draft capital to their uh, team? They should absolutely not stay at number one. Uh, they're a team that let everyone know that they were tanking this during the season last year when they traded Roquan Smith to the Ravens. Um, we've heard the talk about them. Uh, about the potential of them moving Justin Fields, but I don't really think that's best for them, even though it, you know he wasn't a draft pick from this current coaching staff. Um, they're a team that needs improvement everywhere. They're not a good football team. I think the best option would be to get a boatload of picks for the next couple of years and maybe trade with one of these quarterback-hungry teams that will likely overpay for a quarterback in a class that I think is weaker than years past. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think they should trade down. I'd like to see them stay in the top three to top five. People are saying maybe they should trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young. I love Bryce Young, but in Bryce Young, you're looking for a guy who has a similar upside to Justin Fields. So I don't think they should do that. Move down a couple spots, let Houston and maybe Indy draft a quarterback. But I still think they should stay up there in the top three to top five to get a guy like Jalen Carter. Um, the, the Bears could use a guy like him because they ranked last in the league in sacks with only 20. But they don't need a quarterback. 
I don't think they should trade Justin Fields to make that a hole, so there's no need for them to be at number one. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Don't trade Justin Fields as my scro- as my throat is really scratchy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I absolutely think they should trade down. Get players at literally any other position. I, I mean, they are not set on offense, but they don't have to have that number one overall pick. Get a defensive tackle. Get an offensive tackle. Protect Fields. Fields... Fields are putting up crazy numbers early in that season last year. That's your guy. You don't need to draft C.J. Stroud, obviously, when you have him already. I mean, I put this bullet point down. I don't know what I was thinking when I said Bajon Robinson on the Bears would be interesting, even though they already have David Montgomery. But, no, literally, trade down, get pieces that you could surround uh, Justin Fields with because he's the guy. You do not need that pick. Yeah, they're in a classic trade-down spot. They need basically upgrades all over the roster except the quarterback position. You could look five years down the line and Fields isn't the guy and maybe one of these guys is the guy and you look back regretfully, but in the moment, you can't draft another quarterback and you can't trade Fields. He has too much promise and he's already so young. That'd just be such a lateral move in my opinion where this is a draft where the quarterbacks are questionable even though they're going to go high, but I feel like the defensive, especially on the defensive line, the talent in this draft is really good compared to other years. So I think this is a classic trade down, get more draft capital and get a guy who fits your roster more and makes you a better overall team uh, going into next season. But now jumping into just the whole draft, if you had the number one pick, who's the player you have your eye on? If I needed <clears throat> anything like the Bears do, I'm going to take, uh, Cody already mentioned him, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. He's the best player in this draft. Um, he's 6'3", 300-pound defensive tackle. Can move his, He's a strong guy, moves offensive guards extremely easily. Um, you know, Some people may want to compare him to Jordan Davis, who was another Georgia defensive tackle a year ago. They're very different. Jalen Carter is not as big. But he's a much more complete player. He can both stop the run and rush the passer. can play all three downs. I think if Chicago sticks around at one and somehow doesn't get a, a good deal out of that, that's the guy that they should take. Yeah, Jalen Carter is absolutely the guy. I think he's the best in the draft. 3'10", 6'3". He's a defensive tackle that moves like a DB. He's an absolute game wrecker. And I, I, the reason I think the Chicago Bears should stay in the top three to top five is because I think the Cardinals would get him. If, if they go down too far, because Jonathan Gannon is the head coach of the Cardinals now, and he was the D coordinator of the Eagles. So he knows how important it is to have guys who can get some sacks. So, yeah, I think Jalen Carter is the guy to get, and I think he's a top three pick. Yeah, no, I um – Look, best player in the draft, Will Anderson Jr. He's a fantastic edge rusher out of Alabama. Last year he had 24 solos, 10 sacks, 1 interception this year. He did have a much better year last year, but it's the advanced stats that do him justice. Like Cody was saying, you know, the pressures and the et cetera. You know, I honestly should have watched him more because, like, I don't watch Alabama football. It's not that I hate Alabama. I'm just kind of like, okay, App State, North Carolina teams, good. But when I look back at the highlights of Will Anderson Jr., uh, I mean, shoot, Jeff, you even told me this on the A-game. Will Anderson Jr. is a very solid prospect. Could he go number one overall? I don't know. I mean, it seems like Bryce Young is going to get picked number one overall. That's a different discussion. I got my opinions on that as well. But Will Anderson Jr., very solid prospect out of Alabama. Yeah, I think it's either Carter or Anderson. I think typically you would go and or yeah, Anderson because he's the edge rusher, and those guys mm-hmm. are usually uh, the more impactful players. But I think Jalen Carter has the potential to be a Chris Jones type pass rusher at that defensive tackle position. But I mean, Will Anderson, you can't go wrong. He's a twitchy athlete. I mean, he's shown he's a blue chip guy for the last two years at Alabama, and he can be a game wrecker. 
Uh, but even at that defensive end position, you have so much depth. I mean, Tyree Wilson later on in the draft, Miles Murphy. Like, there's a lot. Even if Chicago goes lower, they can get that position. But those two guys are the clear cut, I think could be two of the best players on that end in the league a few years down the line. So I think that's easily where the top pick should go. Uh, But now going into what everybody likes to talk about in the draft, even though there's so much (laughs) talent everywhere else, a lot of depth in other positions, quarterback is where we always put our eyes and attention towards. And there's four guys right now hovering in that first round. So out of the class we're working with right now, who who do you like the most? So this quarterback class is a bit odd because to me no one really stands out I think Bryce Young is probably the best football player of the group of the of the four guys that you're talking about but he's he's small yeah you know one hit I feel like takes him out for a game one one defensive end lands on him wrong and he's out for the year with a shoulder injury and if I can add I don't think what people realize it's he's six one like it's not that he's super small he's the guy is tiny he is smaller than than six foot I think he's He's like, it's like five ten. Is he that small? Yeah, he is. I think, he's I think listed they officially listed. They officially listed him. I think at five eleven and a half. Really? Yeah. But officially listed. But it's not even the height that scares me because, like, you look at guys like Murray and Wilson, and they're just bigger guys. I'm not scared of him. It's just his. He's a skinny guy. Too. He's like Devontae Smith out there. He's <laughs> yeah. tiny out there. But. Maybe not even that skinny, but, um, uh, yeah. The other two guys or two other guys, Levis and Anthony Richardson, both have. They have good traits to be quarterback or like successful NFL quarterbacks, but their lack of production and their their poor decision making in college turned me off of them. I think the best combination of traits and production in this draft class is CJ Stroud, who I even worry about because I don't know how he'll do with a ready for this a less talented receiver core in the NFL. And um, he had a couple of stinkers this year. I think that should be of note. Uh, think there was a game against Northwestern where he struggled mightily and Northwestern was terrible but um he was the best player in that Ohio State versus Georgia semifinal game from this past season which you know all the scouts are looking at because it's the best competition he faced uh, and he played very well so I think CJ Stroud is uh the best of the four yeah I I agree that this one's pretty interesting Anthony Richardson has um the upside I think and then a guy like C.J. Stroud is the guy that you look at and you say NFL quarterback the most based on his body. But I, I really like Bryce Young. I understand the worry about his slight frame. He's 190 right now. I think he needs to get that up to 195, 200 at least. Um, the NFL is willing to make an exception to that fear um, when it comes to executives when the talent stands so tall. And I think the talent for Bryce Young does. I'm, I'm more worried about durability when it comes to his frame. Um, rather than flaws on the football field because Young doesn't have very many. He's very productive. He's quick on his feet. He extends plays. He's accurate in all three levels of the field. has very high IQ and works through his progressions really, really well. Um, He's never run first, but he can grab a few yards if the defense gives it to him. The biggest worry, though, is the long-term durability for Young. So I... I'm kind of with you, Jeff. I'm not hugely impressed in this class just because of things like that. See, I'm going to talk about Bryce Young when we talk about overrated picks, but best QB in the draft in my eyes? <laughs> yeah, I we'll, got we'll we'll to have one hot, gotta have one hot <laughs> take. No, got to have one hot take, right? No, uh, I said C.J. Stroud. Look, 3,688 yards, 41 touchdowns, a second in the NCAA, six interceptions, 88.9 QBR. 
218 pounds. He's he's got great height. He's a little bit lighter on the weight side, and he's not a rusher, but he's got a great arm. I honestly just enjoyed watching C.J. Stroud play. I feel like there's something about C.J. Stroud that could translate well in the pros. Obviously, Bryce Young has that potential as well, but there's something about C.J. Stroud that I just like more than uh, than the Crimson Tide prospect. So. Yeah, and quarterbacks are the most hit-or-miss draft pick. If you look through the years, it's basically a 50-50 hit rate, and there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Like, a guy who you think could be great just isn't. And all these guys have major question marks. You talked about the Bryce Young. It's fascinating because, like you said, he has done nothing that would make you think against him being the number one pick or the first quarterback off the board. He's been amazing his two years in college, but it's just the frame. Stroud has been the most consistent numbers production and then like translating it to the NFL but like you said Jeff so much talent on that team is that just a situation where he was in a per- we saw it with Dwayne Haskins RIP just I mean great situation does it work when he gets to the NFL um, and then Levis and Richardson similar just kind of hypothetical picks I would lean towards Levis and Richardson as a later pick in the first round maybe second mm-hmm. I think that's fair because I just have so much I don't love Stroud or uh, Young at those really high in the draft like they're projected to go right now. So I would like kind of like where Lamar Jackson went for the Ravens. Just like I don't know if they'll drop that far, but that's where I would like to see them go. And if I was a GM, that's where I would take them. Uh, But now moving on to a more specific, not any player, but just a sleeper pick you think uh, could go maybe late. A late round player that you think will be good in this year in the NFL? Yeah, I've I've got a couple of guys. I'm a fantasy guy, so I naturally look at the skill position. Yeah. So I want to <laughs> I want to talk about the running back room first. Uh, Devon A. Chain from Texas A and M. He's one of the fastest guys I've ever Electric. seen on a football yeah, he's field. Crazy. He is so fast. He's got incredible vision. Uh, he just needs to get a little bigger and stronger. But man, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's he's hard to catch, and he's extremely elusive. I love him. And then Tajay Spears from Tulane, the running back. Uh, he already has the NFL size that I just talked about. A-Chain was lacking. He rushed for over 1,500 yards, almost 20 touchdowns in the American Conference last year. And he got a lot of talk at the Senior Bowl uh, a couple weeks ago. So his stock is rising a bunch. I like those two running backs a ton moving forward. I really like Michael Wilson. Um, and, and there's a chance he's a day-two guy, but the six foot two, two hundred sixteen pound wide receiver from Stanford. He flew off of radars because he only played six games this season. Um, he's been injured for the last couple of years, which is of course a concern. But his ceiling is incredibly high. He's super du- productive when he plays, and his crisp, his route running is super super crisp, um, especially for a big wide receiver like him. Um, he got a lot of hype. Uh, during the Senior Bowl, and a lot of it was practices. People saw his routes. So I think that his draft stock is going up a little bit more, but I think he's still a day-two guy, maybe even closer to that fifth or sixth round. That could be huge for in the NFL. Yeah, I'm going to show some love to our App State guys here. My sleeper pick is Nick Hampton. You know, he's not DeMarco Jackson, but he had 20 solo tackles, 7 sacks, 3 forced fumbles. No interceptions, though, but his 2021 season was insane. He kind of had that same drop-off like Will Anderson Jr. I'm not comparing the two. Don't don't get that <laughs> twisted. But now I want to I want to see Nick Hampton do it. Also, we were talking about a Des Bryant tweet earlier. And uh, oh no! I heard I heard Chase, Chase Bryce came up on Twitter thanks to Des Bryant. And now that I think about it, I'm like, 
Okay, look, he's on the Houston Gamblers right now, though. Look, that's not an NFL team, obviously. But, hey, maybe if a team's like, you know what, let's get a guy with a big arm. Maybe we'll improve his accuracy. But, hey, maybe maybe Chase maybe Chase Bryce will be there, too. But, no, Nick Hampton is my favorite sleeper pick for the later rounds. I'd be shocked if Chase Bryce gets drafted. Me, too. I'd be but, shocked, but I think a team gives him a chance. I think he gets pra- practice, practice squad, squad potentially. Yeah. Like a workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a workout. He can probably get one of those. Look, but I'd, Yeah. Do you know the tweet he was talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Des. Because Des, Des Bryant's him. gassing yeah. him up. Des Bryant, yeah. <laughs> I love, though, at the end of the tweet, he's like, they sh- knocked him for his conference, but he almost beat UNC and beat Texas A&M. Yeah. Disregarding the fact they went 6-6 six and six and lost to Texas State. But, yeah. you know, you can always make it look better. <laughs> I but, swear yeah. he only watched the UNC games like this. Most people might <laughs> only watch the, the first two games for App State <laughs> and judge the rest. They probably think App State I hope finished they like 8-4. Watch- yeah. I hope they only watch the first watched the first two. Um, Yeah, my pick is Nick Herbig, uh, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Uh, He's not talked about a ton. I think he's going to go fourth, fifth round. But he had 11 sacks this year, two forced fumbles. He fits the pro style really well. He's a high-motor guy. He can actually move sideline to sideline. He's pretty quick. He might not be in every snap kind of guy, but we've seen linebackers in this Wisconsin uh, defense translate well to the pros. So I think Nick Herbig could be a good pick for any team. Yeah. yeah, you really can't go wrong with a Wisconsin linebacker. Yeah. They just no, breed NFL players. From no, there. he's. I doubt he's going to be like a star, but I guarantee a guy comes in and can play snaps immediately. Start. So, yeah, he's. And then I love the Nick Hampton pick. I just want to touch on that. He's not a guy that's going to play all three snaps for you. Right. But on passing da- or pass rushdowns, you need to get to the quarterback. He is one of the. He's a very good guy getting to the quarterback. Very quick, a little undersized, but I think he'll find a home in the NFL. Um, and now. Jumping to the opposite end of the spectrum, what's a pick you think a player or pick you think is overrated? Probably an early round talent that you just don't like moving to the NFL. Yeah, I've I've stuck with the quarterback position. I've got Will Levis here. Um, <laughs> you know, I wrote down that he reminds me of a middle relief pitcher who who throws hard but has no idea where it's going. Um, this this past season was supposed to be his his breakout, but he. He went the the opposite direction. He regressed a bunch. Um, had a nineteen to ten touchdown interception ratio. Um, and another thing that also kind of confused me was that he decided not to go to the Senior Bowl, which there's been a lot of you know questions about his accuracy. He could have gone to the Senior Bowl, you know, in front of NFL scouts, and you know maybe shut that down. But instead, no, he decides to to hide. So. Um, you know he's got the tools to put it together, but it's it's a long shot. I think I don't. I find him to be probably the least successful of the the four quarterbacks in this draft class. I have the same one. I'm going Will Levis out of the top four quarterbacks. I think Levis has by far the lowest ceiling, and you can't completely buy on, in on him being like quickly NFL ready either. He has good arm power, but he's inconsistent in the pocket, and some of his ba- some of his misses are really bad misses if you watch him. And a lot of the very many sacks that he has taken in college is because of his lack of awareness, which creates some really big ball like ball security concerns in the NFL. Yeah, look, guys, I kind of teased it a little bit earlier, but I want to give credit to Jeff. Yeah, I was thinking Will Levis, too. You know, my buddies in my other sports group chat were like, yeah, Will Levis will be a Panther. I'm like, please, please stop talking. Look, <laughs> I, you know who I think is going to be overrated? Everybody, every sports show needs a hot take that they can put on Instagram Reels. So if this is wrong, you can just meme it, do whatever you want. Maybe it'll go viral. I think Bryce Young is overrated. Here is why. I <laughs> Maybe this is a little bit me being a casual, but it's also just a gut <laughs> feeling. Look, 
Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield went on Heisman in college, and he played for Oklahoma, and he was drafted first overall to the Browns. And the Browns, you know, say what you want about them as a franchise. But Baker Mayfield's small. I've heard the jokes about, like, oh, can he even see over the offensive line? And I look at Bryce Young, 5'10", he's 194. He's very small. I mean, he could either be Baker Mayfield-esque or he could be Kyler Murray-esque. But he, they're going to have to get some people who can protect the pocket for him. Because, yes, he does have the potential, but he's also very small. So roast me in the comments or do whatever you want. But I don't know, man. I'm not sold on Bryce Young. That's why I said C.J. Stroud. I'd rather have height and a little bit of arm talent rather than, like, superstar potential. But he's short, so. A lot of quarterbacks. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't like any guy who puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that too. Levis was out the moment I heard that. Uh, and Bryce Young's small, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to go a different route. It kills me because I do love this player, but year after year we see running backs taken high in the draft, and it just is never a good idea unless they are literally the top five, a top five most talented player in the NFL. B. John Robinson, I think he's very talented. I think he's a good running back. I think he will be good. But at, if he's a top five or even top ten pick with the amount of edge depth and the just better players you can get, more impactful players compared to running backs that you'd said it, Jeff, every year there's two or three late, late round running backs who make big impacts on teams. We saw it with Isaiah Pacheco in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think it's a good idea for any team to draft a running back that high in the draft. So yeah. I'm going to say B. John Robinson simply because the spot he's going to be taken in. Um, but closing the segment out, you know, we're all fans of our said team. So what's the player you would like your team to draft? Unfortunately, Lucas, you're going to hear a lot of Panther stuff yeah. ar- around the, the panel here. But um, it's interesting because the Panthers are one of those teams that can really do anything come draft day. Uh, personally, I would like to avoid trading up because we've already given up enough picks to get uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, who we found out weren't worth it. Um, I think if we could trade back and get a wide receiver like Quentin Johnston, I would be thrilled. Um, but if we go the quarterback route, I like Stroud the best, as I mentioned before. Yeah, I would love Quentin Johnston. Um, Beast. But um, another guy, if if the Panthers stay where they are, I'd like to see Peter Skronsky from Northwestern. I think he's the most NFL-ready offensive lineman in the draft. He allowed only six pressures in a um, from 474 pass-blocking snaps, which is incredible. And he could easily slide over to a guard position to team up with Akeem. So I think right now, and I think it's exactly what they're going to do, they want to build an elite O-line. Um, and whether they decide you know, for quarterback to try to do something in the offseason, but preferably, because I was saying Bryce Young for a while, and Jeff enlightened me on the quarterback class we have coming up next, mm-hmm. that's that's the place to go i think so stick get that elite o-line that you want if you want to take a wide receiver one do that but i'm i'm leaning away from the quarterbacks right now i'm leaning towards an offensive tackle for the panthers uh paris johnson from ohio state you know look protect the pocket at all costs i don't care if we have a band-aid quarterback like jimmy garoppolo to get us through this year or we draft a quarterback let's just protect the pocket you know our defense is pretty solid. I mean, when J.C. Horn comes back, you know, God forbid his injury like completely changes the trajectory of his career. Um, the defense is pretty solid. Uh, I, I just think, you know, got to protect the quarterback. I know it's not nearly as bad as the Cam Newton years in 2015 where it felt like he got sacked like a hundred times, but still, got to have, got to protect the quarterback. I feel like you can never go wrong with that unless you draft a horrible offensive tackle, then you just wasted your top pick. But yeah, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State, I feel like he'd be a 
be a great fit for our Panthers. Yeah, uh, as a Giants fan, the only other non-Panthers fan here, <laughs> uh, we're, we're picking later in the draft. Our first pick is 25th. And the main three holes I look at is linebacker, wide receiver, and offensive line for the Giants. Uh, you could go Trent Simpson. He's the guy from Clemson. Mm-hmm. He will, might might get picked before that, uh, but I think he would be a good spot there. Or uh, you can go Osiris Torrance from Florida, get that guard position locked down. But I, I want a wide receiver in this draft. There's a lot of good wide receivers. And I want to go with a local guy. I want Josh Downs. Oh, yeah. He, he's going around that's the 25s and the 20s. And Josh Downs is a little undersized, but, boy, is he get the ball in his hands. And he's just electric. He's a great route runner. I think he'll fit perfectly for a team that just needs talent on that end to complement Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But if not Downs, I think Jalen Hyatt is a good pick, too. They're similar. Hyatt's more of just a take-the-top-off-the-defense guy speedster, but that's where I'd like to see the Giants go in the 2023 draft. But with that, I'll cover the sports wrap coverage of the NFL draft. I'm sure we'll touch on it more when we get closer to Mm -hmm. the date, but that'll do it for the first segment. Don't go anywhere, though. We're going to talk NCAA basketball next after the break. Lights, camera, action. Have you watched our friends at AppTV yet? AppTV is in the same building here on campus with WASU-FM in the Beasley Media Complex. AppTV has student-made content from sports to news to video game reviews. AppTV is on SkyBest Channel 20 or 1020, Spectrum Charter Channel 198, and Channel 23.3 on campus. Or the AppTV website, watchapptv.com. This program is sponsored by Eggers Law Firm, located on West King Street in downtown Boone. From business to traffic matters, the Eggers Law Firm has provided legal service to the high country since 1950. As fourth-generation Appalachian alumni, the Eggers Law Firm is here to assist you with legal help when you need it. The Eggers Law Firm, 737 West King Street. App State's New River Light and Power Green Power Program brings clean, climate-friendly energy to the high country. Renewable sources of energy replace carbon-based electric use, lowering our carbon footprint and helping protect the environment. The power is yours. Learn more about the Green Power Program today at nrlp.appstate.edu. NRLP is one of more than 70 public power utilities in North Carolina that collectively serve nearly 1.3 million customers. Public Power Week is October 2nd through the 8th. 2022. Appalachian State University's NRLP is proud to be your public power provider. Anna Bananas is a longtime supporter of WASUFM, App State's college radio station. Anna Bananas Fine Consignment Store buys, sells, trades, and serves Boone from 641 West King Street. You can follow Anna Bananas on Instagram and Facebook. Raysweather.com is based in Boone and forecasts the weather in the high country and from the North Carolina-Virginia state line to Waynesville, North Carolina. The mountains, the foothills, and the microclimates in between with specific websites for each area including booneweather.com with radar and webcams of the area. Winter, spring, summer, fall, raysweather.com. Welcome back to Sports Wrap, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, attorney at law. So we know March Madness tomorrow, March 1st. So the madness is beginning. 
Cody said it. I'm sorry. I, I was I was talking to someone earlier, and I I was just saying I can't wait till I open my Twitter feed tomorrow morning, and it's just all these like sports accounts tweeting the the March Madness like theme song that yeah. plays on CBS all the time. It's gonna, it's gonna, like even even one shining moment. It'll just bright, it'll it'll yeah. it'll oh, brighten okay. my yeah. morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the, yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, wrong, it's wrong. an easy post if you got a sports account. Yeah, non copyright. Cody said it earlier. No, when you're watching conference games mid in the middle of a class, yeah. you know, and we've got a Sun Belt game going on right now. It's uh, Coastal Carolina Arkansas State are playing let's, right now. Hey, let's go. We have a score update. Yeah, can we, um, can we throw that on the screen? In the said <laughs> Arkansas State's already hit seven three pointers in the early going. Wow! And they have a a nine point lead as of seven minutes ago. There's nothing like being in high school and pulling up the March Madness app on your phone and just watching the games oh, during class. Oh man, that will never be replicated. Never. No, it's 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 an awesome time. There's nothing like it, and we're gonna dive into it and make some predictions before we get the actual brackets, the seating. So I gave a link for y'all, just some ESPN bracketology, just you know, sure predicting where teams are gonna land. So based on what you see there, and I get you can change it if you think another team's gonna move up or down, but pick the one seed you have the most confidence in right now. Yeah, so this is based off of the latest um, bracketology from from Joe Lenardi that was updated today at nine this morning. Um, but of the one seeds, I have the most confidence in Kansas. They are the most battle tested team of the four. They only have five losses in the best conference in college basketball, and three of those losses came in the span of a week. I think they're over that stretch and they're starting to play good ball again. Um, they also have key players returning from that championship team a year ago, like Player of the Year candidate Jalen Wilson and uh, guard Dewan Harris. Uh, to me, they're the complete package right now. I'm going with Kansas as well. They have the best strength of record in college basketball, and it's not really that close. All of their five losses came against Q1 teams, so I'm not worried about them getting upset early. And they've played 20 Q1 teams, and they're 15-5. and five. They have big wins in the toughest conference in basketball. And Jalen Wilson is a star, averaging just about 20-8. and eight. So Kansas is, as, as Jess said, he's, they're battle-tested, and they're ready to go. And I don't see them getting upset by a team early. Hang on, guys. I, um, in my notes, I had Houston. But Alabama, okay, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm just going to stick with Houston. I feel good about Houston. I, I really, I truly do. Look, and when you look at the advanced metrics, look, they're first, second, or third in, like, defensive efficiency, block percentage, and opponents' effective field goal percentage, three-point field, three field goal percentage, and two-point field goal percentage. I mean, they got an elite defense, and their rebounding is good. Houston is a really well-put-together team. Honestly, like, hey, maybe they're conjuring up the energy they had in the 80s. Maybe they can actually win the national championship, so... You made the right pick there, Noah. You know, thank uh, you. You know, um, Alabama. Even though they're the number one overall seed right now, they uh-huh. remind me a lot of Arizona last year. They have yeah. a ton of athleticism. Very exciting, fun team to watch, but just not the tournament experience you'd like. Also, got some some off the court. Yeah, we're not going to touch. Yeah, we're yeah, not gonna exactly. Gonna but, so. Just worth mentioning. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, my pick is the Houston Cougars. Best defense in college basketball. Kelvin Sampson has had that team rolling for years now. And I just love the experience on this team. Marcus Sazer has been there for a long time now. I love guards who have experience. 
it is a little scary. You know, they're a weird team where they'll have a seven-point lead and you'll just feel like they're dominating the game and there's no way you can get back into the game. But we've seen it. Uh, I forget who they lost to a few weeks ago, but they were dominating the game the entire game. Last five minutes, they started hitting shots and ended up upsetting the Houston. And it's scary because in a tournament setting, that can happen. Where their games are never going to be high-scoring, they're not going to blow out teams. It's going to stay a close game in teams if they shoot their way into a game they can actually upset the Cougars but the same is said the other way they're going to be in every game because every game's low scoring close I love this team I really really hope they win it and I really really hope Kansas does not go to the final four or anything I, I, I can't stand if they're good again unfortunately I know they're good but <laughs> yeah. I'm going to manifest it and say they're going to lose in okay. the round of 32 um, but <laughs> now jumping ahead uh, so outside of the one seeds you have a lot of very good teams at the two, three, and four marks, the top four seeds. So what are the teams you like in that two, three, four spots that you think could beat the one seed in their bracket? So in this particular bracket, uh, I'm looking at the East region, the two, three, and four seeds of that region to take down their number one, which is Purdue. Uh, Purdue was very good for a while, but they've really uh, you know, taken a hit these past couple weeks. I think they, they're 2, 3, and 4 pose the biggest threat. They've got Kansas State as a 2 seed. I like them a lot. What worries me that, about them is they're, they're homebodies, which means they, they, play, they play much better at home. I think all of their losses are on the road. Um, but they've got Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, who are both averaging 17 and 7. Um, that's a great duo. Uh, the 3 seed in that region is Tennessee. They're the second-best defensive team in the country behind the mentioned Houston Cougars. And then also at the four seed, they've got UConn there, uh, who's got maybe the best uh, guard-big-man combo in the country with Jordan Hawkins and Adama Sinogo, both guys averaging over 16 points a game. So mm-hmm. Purdue, I think, is, would be in the most trouble in this hypothetical bracketology. I'm going to say that Houston, oh. they're, they're, they move their way Whoa. through the bracket— and then they're right there, a game away from hosting the Final Four. And another team from Texas just takes it from them. I think Baylor beats them. I think they make it all the way to the Elite Eight. But I like Baylor, who's another Big 12 team that holds their own really well against good teams and has no problem against teams that aren't on their level. So they get there. They're fresh. And I think Baylor knocks them off. Yeah, you know, I, you know, hearing Jeff talk about the question and the way he did, I'm going to talk about the actual. I'm going to talk about the West. You know, they're going to be pl- like Las Vegas region, right? So I had UCLA. Look, historical program. You know, it's, I mean, it's easy for me to bet on UCLA just because, like, they're UCLA. They're just a well put together program. They're, I mean, they're the second seed in in their bracket. But they all, but there's also Gonzaga and Virginia in this Western Conference or whatever you want to go West West bracket. Yeah, what, what, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, Gonzaga historically, I feel like they always choke whenever they get to March Madness. But that's a three seed you still got to look out for. Virginia also a solid squad, and UCLA is at number two. I mean, Kansas is first overall ranked in there, but I mean. Hey, you got some sleepers in this uh, West bracket, so I like the West bracket for uh, for the upset here. So, Hami Hami Harquez, Jaime Harquez, Jaime Harquez, and Tiger Campbell. I like UCLA just because those names are very fun to say. Yeah, um, but my pick is in the Southern bracket. I'm going uh, Indiana. I really like. I've always liked Indiana. Uh, even last year, I predict. I think I had them going to like the Sweet Sixteen, even though they were. Uh, 
win in win to get in team. Yeah. Um, but I love Trace Jackson Davis. I every time I watch him, I just love the way he plays. He's has so much energy. Plays great uh, around the rim, and he just has an underrated. He's a smaller guy. He's only six nine, but he plays so much bigger than his height, um, and he just dominates every game he's in against UNC this year. He took it to Mondo Baycott. I think they're a really underrated team. They have Jalen. They have a good guard combination with Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hood Safino, a younger guy and an experienced guy. Hood Safino has shown so many flashes. He also turns the ball over a lot and he makes mistakes young guys make. But I love the flashes, and then you have a guy you can trust in J- Xavier Johnson, and they even have good players off the vents off the bench. You got uh, Trey Galloway off the bench. He's a good energy guy at that like small forward position. I like a lot of what Indiana does, and I think Alabama is a weaker one seed in that bracket, so I'm going with them, a four seed with that pick. But now looking outside of the top four seeds, so you know some lesser teams maybe has some question marks around their roster, their, how they're playing right now. What's a team outside of that top four you think could make some noise in the tournament? They're at a five right now. I have TCU. Uh, oh, they have yeah. a they have a ton of losses right now. They've got ten on their record right now, but a bunch of them came with their best player out, and that guy is Mike Miles. Uh, and if you're wondering how he's feeling after missing a few weeks recently, he just scored 24 points on 50 percent shooting against Texas Tech this past weekend Ooh. in a win. Remember that they took Arizona to the brink last year. And it was one of those late games that you saw the result when you woke up. But uh, they should be back with a vengeance this time around. I think they can make a big run as long as Mike Miles stays healthy. I'm going to go with another five seed. I'm going with Miami. Um, they're in with a beatable Purdue, so they could get through there a little a little bit. And they have beaten some really good teams this season. They have four players who are averaging more than 13.5 points. Any of them can drop 20-plus. That's really important in a really long tournament like this one is. So I think Miami has the talent to hang with anybody. So I'm going to go with them. Guys, we all picked fives, triple fives, because I picked St. Mary's. You know, look, St. Mary's hasn't made it past the round of 32 since 2010, but something about them just sticks out to me. It's a team I always see in brackets playing throughout the year, but I never give them much thought. But then Lucas brought up Tommy Cousy, who is like a bald baller. He's he's going crazy right now. But the thing is, they're always in Gonzaga's shadow, right? They are always in Gonzaga's shadow with March Madness, but... Mark Few's squad tends to uh, choke a lot in March, like I said earlier. So if St. Mary's can pull off a couple of not like surprising wins, because they are the five seed, if St. Mary's could just stay consistent, win a couple games, I could see them getting past the round of 32 this year. I'm going with, I'm going to break the five seed. I'm going with an eight seed. I'm going Aww. with the Texas A&M Aggies. Ooh. You know, if you look historically, teams who play in the NIT, and they, I think they won the NIT last year, if I'm correct. They Sounds usually... Right are a good team. They usually are better the next year. They've been better. They're 21 and 8. They're at that 8 seed spot. And I just like the talent on this roster. Uh, they've hung around pretty well in the SEC, but Wade Taylor, the sophomore, is a very good guard. And then Henry Coleman, the numbers aren't there. He's only averaging like 10.6 rebounds, but he's the kind of guy like just once you actually have to deal with him, he's a giant guy down there, and it's just going to be hard. Some teams are going to be caught off guard with how big and how dominant he can be around the rim, especially on those offensive rebounds. This is a very big athletic team. I think they can surprise some people in the and tournament. And someone, someone, some people would have thought that they were a tournament team a year ago because yeah. they had such a great run in the SEC tournament. I believe they lost to Arkansas in the in the championship of the SEC tournament. But I think it was Tennessee. Tennessee, either one, but 
they made a great run yeah, in that SEC tournament. Everyone thought they were they were in, and they weren't. So, yeah. again, another outside motivation. Yeah. Lucas, I just want to add real quick. You were so close on that. The Aggies were one point away from winning the NIT title last year. They lost uh, to Xavier no. 73-72. to So, wow, so close. Wow. <laughs> I remember they were there. Yeah. They were right there. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Who could forget? Yeah, no, the NIT is a great tournament. Um, but, great tournament. Yeah. Now, you know, moving on, last question. Uh, we had some misunderstandings, so this could be either a team you think can get upsetted early on in the draft or ah. early on in the tournament, or a team you think will upset someone. So either or, if you did one or the other, no worries. But what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, so I chose a team that w- a high seeded team that will get upset. I chose Virginia. Uh, they're yeah. likely going to end up in that four to six range in seeding, which could pit them against a pretty good mid-major team like an Oral Roberts. Uh, they just came off a week where they lost to a very bad Boston College team and then looked unimpressive in another loss to North Carolina. Uh, this could obviously change depending on the matchup, but they're looking like a prime candidate to make an early exit. I'm going to go with Nevada. They, they're they one of the last four buys, and they get an 11-6 to six matchup. With a disappointing Creighton team, and we know how those usually go. Um, so them sitting on an 11 seed, and I don't only take them as a one-game upset, but I think they could very well beat a Tennessee team in the next round. That Tennessee team can overlook opponents sometimes. Nevada, they don't turn over the ball very much. They grab their defensive rebounds, and they're good from the free-throw line. Those are things that help you get upsets, so I'm going to go with them. Okay, so I picked a team that I feel like could upset. I picked Marshall because I love Tavion Kinsey and Andrew Taylor's scoring ability. I think Tavion has like 23 points per game. Andrew Taylor's like 19.9. Problem with Marshall is that they just do not have the depth because after them, it falls. Their next best player is averaging 11 points. You need more scoring than that. I mean, I, like I said, I like Tavion Kinsey and Andrew Taylor, but I mean, you also have to worry about Southern Mississippi and the Sunbelt Conference, as we were just talking about. Now, for a team that I think could upset, this isn't really, this isn't really like a huge upset, but you know, USC could defeat Duke. You know, seven ten seed right now. I think USC could take down Duke. Neither Duke nor North Carolina have really been stellar this year, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Trojans take down the Blue Devils. UNC is on a streak, though. They've won two big ones. <laughs> they're still the first team out, but I think they're going to round into shape right at the end. I think they're going for one more run. But my pick is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They are a three seed right now. And I just think this is probably the worst Drew Timmy roster we've seen. They don't really have a dynamic guard to run that offense. It's mostly Drew Timmy and Julian Strother that's leading this team. Those are two bigger guys. Strother's 6'7", but he's not really a guy you let handle the ball and run your offense. Uh, They have um, Razier Bolton and Malachi Smith. Those are their two starting guards, but neither of them are very dynamic. They play sound. They don't turn the ball over, but I just don't get the same amount of talent that other Gonzaga teams have had. And I feel like Drew Timmy's just the kind of guy you can slow down when you have time to prepare for him. Uh, he's a little smaller. I don't love his shoulders. He's a pretty weak guy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I never liked this Gonzaga team, and I'm just going to say they don't do it. I, I don't like them, and I, I think this is the worst of the Drew Timmy era that we've seen. But now we're just going to jump right ahead. We have about 13, 12 minutes left. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Stick in NCAA basketball. I'm sure you all are aware of a little game called Podal. Yeah. Uh, uh, or maybe Wordle is a better way to say it. You know, you guess. I'm going to give you basically how it's going to work is I'll give you the player's height, position, year they played, team. I'll give you their number two, and you have to guess the player. Uh, uh-huh. No one's able to guess the player off those stats. I'll give you more, but you have to guess the player based on those 
things, basically. Uh, so we'll get some game show music going, yeah. too. Uh, I might have... So essentially, it is an, uh, it's an online game that's similar to Wordle, but it's Purtle, named after... Purtle. Wait, have you never played Purtle? Yeah, I'm just explaining it to oh, the audience. Oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> Lu- Lucas... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lucas was just saying it like everyone knows Purtle. Yeah, Not Purtle everyone. is NBA's well, Wordle. Wordle. Yeah. Okay. I'm hoping you know say Wordle. Okay. Um, okay. Let me turn this yeah, down Yeah, we can bit. probably turn that down a little bit. It's it's good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. First up. This is very nice. It's kind of six, wait. nine. Okay. This, <laughs> sorry, sorry. This player is six, nine, 225 pounds, played at North. Oh, and just buzz, I guess, or just say it. Bzz. Bzz. Yeah, do a buzz. Okay. Um, Six nine two twenty five played at North Carolina. He's a forward. His number was fifty two, and he played from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty two. It's James Worthy, big game James. That is correct, Jeff. Wow. And we're not playing for anything, just bragging rights. <laughs> oh, of cool course. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Cody gets a drink from the machine. You want a drink, <laughs> Jeff? I'll get you a Gatorade too then. Okay. If you win. Thank you. All right. Then now I got to keep score. If still got a got a little Jeff ways to go. Got one. <laughs> It's so off the cuff. I love it. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. But the background music really sells this. Yeah, yeah. We are prepared <laughs> for it. Sells this. Yeah. All right. Now. Next up. 6'10", 220 pounds, played at Kentucky. He was a center forward. He wore the number 23, and he played in 2011-2012. Anthony Davis. Dang it. Correct. I, that was what I actually knew. So Jeff, are you taking it easy on me, Cody? No, <laughs> you right now. I'm telling you, I told All you. Right. After uh, five years of them being drafted, gone. It gets uh, harder. It gets harder. Oh God, I'd imagine it. I'm about to okay. miss all of these. Okay, here we this go. one I think is easy. Okay. <laughs> Just this game. What are you laughing at? Seven one, three hundred twenty-five pounds, LSU center. <laughs> I heard Jeff. Shaq. Dang yeah. it! Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, what record does he hold, Cody? What record? Uh, the most blocks in a game with 11 in the NCAA tournament. That's there you true. Go. All right, we're going to take a little... It gets harder here, I think. <laughs> oh, God. You're leaving him hanging. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. It's getting harder. Just yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. 6'8", 220 pounds, played at Duke. He was a forward. He wore the number 31, and he played from 19... Shane Battier. You know the jersey, you know. Yeah. What? Oh my God. You gotta stop saying jersey. We're never gonna get this. All right. Maybe I won't say jersey. <laughs> this one is hard. School. This one is school hard. makes it easier than jersey number. You think? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like you couldn't get it if I didn't say school. Um, but it's, it gets hard. Okay. Six one, one hundred ninety pounds, Kansas guard number eleven, nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety seven. Oh crap! And if you can't get it, I have a hit. Hit. I can say it again. What am I? So what's wrong with me? Six one. Yes. One hundred ninety pounds. Played at Kansas. Kansas. He was a guard. Wore the number eleven. Played from nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety seven. Did he get drafted? I'm not sure. Okay. I'll say this as my hint. He was hired as an NBA coach this season. This oh, season. Really? He said he's six one. It's not. It's not Eric Snow. No, Eric Snow. It's not Quinn Lee. Snyder. Because he uh, went to went to Duke, Kansas. Uh, is, is it Fred Hoiberg? It is not Fred Dang. Hoiberg. Uh, I'll give you all five, ten more seconds. <laughs> was he also fired from a team this season? He replaced the guy who got fired. <sighs> replaced a guy who got fired? Wait, Nate McMillan? 
No. No, I know the guy. He wants me to guess Joe Pronti or something. You want, you want to throw a guess out there? I was just going to go with you, Doug. It was Jacques Vaughn. Oh! Head coach of the Brooklyn that. Nets. That's a crap. He's got extended, too, right? Yeah. We all know okay. I don't know NBA coaches. This yeah. one is just like a trivia one. If you can, if you if you know the school, it'll give it. Okay. Six foot, 175 pounds, played at UTEP. Was a guard, ward number five, 1985 to 1989. What? <laughs> I don't know my guard UTEP? <sighs> I requested recent players, didn't I, Cody? <laughs> yeah, we got a okay. lot. Of, yeah, you have a hint. This player has a son with the exact same name in the league right now, and he was part of, I'll say he was on the Golden State Warriors. Z- is it Gary Payton? Nope. Dang. That's, That's a, a good, good guess. guess. That's a good guess. Yeah. He, his dad was on the Oh, they State went to Warriors. Oregon State. They both went to yeah. Oregon State. Okay. Uh, Where'd Michael Porter go to college? Same name? Wasn't Utah. Same was name. It? Exact same name, just junior at the end. Uh, Jabari Smith? No. It's not Michael Porter. It's not Michael Porter. That's it. Here's an Okay. <laughs> no. How many? Uh, there's four seconds. We don't have enough names. Kevin, Kenya Martin Jr. No. It was... I would say this. Run DMC. Uh, oh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Or Tim Hardaway, yeah. Okay. yeah. Tim Hardaway Sr. Yeah. Oh, Tim Hardaway. Yeah. <laughs> See, I got one. Yes, let's go. Tim Hardaway. Yeah. No, no problem that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Is he proud? <laughs> I'll explain right. later. Next up. 6'9", 255 pounds. Played at Kansas, was a center, wore the number four, played from 1999 to 2003. Nick, sorry. Uh, ah, go ahead. Well, I want it, I'll give Cody this one because he knows the answer, and I know it too. Nick Collison. Nick Collison. Oh my gosh. Really? Oh, yeah. Nick Collison. An wow. OKC legend. Oh, I cannot yeah. believe. Seattle Supersonics, too. He has a retired jersey. That's so yeah, that's that's nuts to me. That's nuts. He's, he is that franchise. He's the only guy. To <laughs> Supersonics. Be uh, okay. Better than KD. This one might be tough. Right. I don't know. I think the school might get one. 6'6". Six, six. Uh-huh. Think about the height. That helps. 6'6", six, six, 185 pounds. Skitty. Played at Syracuse. Was a guard. Wore number one. Played from 2011 to 2013. <laughs> uh, why did I say that? I was going to say Carmelo Anthony, but that's not right because it's 2013. 2011, 2013. 6'6", um, six, six, guard. Guard? It's Michael Carter-Williams. It is Michael Carter-Williams. <sighs> Just got side with the magic. That was nice. Rookie of the year. Hey. He almost had a quadruple double. I think he did. Who let that happen? He almost did. He had like eight steals. <laughs> Sorry, we won't be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 6'5", 100. This is more. Okay, the years will give away. 6'5", 195 pounds. Played at Michigan. Was a guard. War number two. Played from 2017 to 2019. Z- yeah. I was going to say Denzel Valentine that he said the years. Yeah, hit, the buzzer, hit the buzzer beater against Houston. Yep. Yeah. All right. This one I, I this is one of my favorites. Okay. okay. 6'8". Okay. 233 pounds. Played at NC State. Was a forward. War number 24. Played from 2012 to 2014. It's TJ Warren. This ends automatic. He's good. He's, He's with Wikipedia. Like, <laughs> yeah. TJ Warren was. This is not time. a fair fight, dude. There's no time. TJ Warren was a bucket at state. Okay. There's they, not a fair so fight. As a, as a team, they weren't very good, but he was God. so it's good. It's like 19 yeah. to 1 to 0. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is also one of my favorites. Okay. 5'11", nope. 176 pounds, played at Miami. 
was a guard, wore the number zero, played from 2011 to 2013. Shane Larkin. Oh, my God. This guy. Come on. What you, this, this is what he does in his free time, dude. Shane Larkin and that Miami team kicked, so good. kicked UNC's butt multiple times. He was he a just, Nick. Oh, yeah. my Lord. He's still in the league? No, he was. Oh, I was about <laughs> to say. <laughs> there is no way. There's no yeah, way. 5'11", I don't know. But, yeah. All right. We are, whoa, I think we can run through it. All right. How many we got left? Two, three, four, five. I can cut. No, just keep going. Yeah, keep right. firing. 6'5", 205 pounds. Played at Oregon. Was a forward. Wore number 24. Played from 2014, 2017. Dylan Brooks. Come on! <laughs> this is yeah. anything. This okay. is Jeff! We're going to keep it going. 6'5", 205 pounds as well. Villanova, guard forward. Number 3, 2013, 2017. Josh Hart. You're, he's on the Knicks now. That's too yeah. obvious. That was neat. Yeah. All right. This one's easy. <laughs> this one is easy. Oh, Buzz God. when you know it. Okay? Okay. 6'2", 185 pounds. St. Peter's. Guard is it Doug Edder? Yeah. <laughs> well, Doug Edder. He's, he's still playing college basketball. By at the Bryant. Way. He's at yeah. Bryant. Yeah. That was uh, that was David's pick. And this is oh. this is I'm not gonna. So next one, six eight, two twenty, UNC forward, 44, 2014, 2017. What am I? Oh my gosh. Uh, 44? 44. 44. 44. Played from 2014-2017. Oh, no I was going to say Luke Bay, but he has way after Why time. Am I, okay, no, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. Come on, Cody. Oh, it's Justin Jackson. That's, it is Justin Jackson. Oh, that was embarrassing. That took Justin way too long. Okay. Last one. Yeah. Last one. <laughs> and I don't, sadly, I, this one's over. Should I leave it to the other two? <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. Yeah, no pity. No, no pity. You've no been pity. Sweet. No I pity. don't want it. Mercy. <laughs> Seven foot, 230, Gonzaga. <laughs> Crap, I don't actually know it. Uh, seven foot, 230. Gonzaga. Oh, oh, it was that guy with the beard. Uh, the, the freaking center dude who's like fat. I don't know his no. name. No. Uh, Gonzaga center, war number 32, 2016 to 2017. Oh, Zach Collins. I'll give it to him. Yes. Yes. Because they had, they had three big men on that. Yeah. Yeah. They had that guy you were thinking of was on that yeah. team, too. Right. Yeah, I was more Pr- worried about it. Prigniski. I don't know his name. <laughs> Shemek Karnowski. Shemek Karnowski. Yeah. 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 Okay. Zach Col- hey, I wow. got two. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Jeff's yeah. Wikipedia over here, but besides that, I think <laughs> it went pretty computer? well. I'm, we That's got more insane. than I thought. Yeah, you... You were on that. See, because you nailed the trivia last week, and I was like, I promise I know more than this. And it's just it's just players. I will say, the co- the concept of this came to my head when we were naming random NCAA players like, well, yeah, a little that, before. Like, sports it fans, was, this is our entertainment. It's yeah. like we just name random I love, right, yeah, random Jeff just players. had chat GTP up on no. his computer just looking I, at the I just had my, I had my notes up still. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But with that, that'll do it for another episode of Sports Wrap. But before we go... We got shout-outs, Jeff. You want to Yeah, of course. Uh, Shout-out to everyone, uh, our families listening back home. Um, I know that they couldn't listen last week because we had some problems with our, our internet streams, but glad to have you back. And I'm going to shout-out um, my high school basketball team, my old high school, Northwood, who is playing Cody's old high school, Franklinton. Uh, just got a score update. Uh, my Northwood Chargers are leading 41-26 after three quarters. Um, hopefully they'll close it out. Hubert Davis is in attendance. Um, go Chargers, go. Yeah, you know I was going to do it. I'm giving a shout-out to Franklinton High School. 
gonna have one of the biggest upsets comebacks for one quarters. of the biggest comeback upsets both tonight 15 uh, points how much fourth? that's not uh, that much it's a fourth quarter unfortunately fourth quarter. we're gonna hold the ball the entire time because there's no <laughs> shot clock in north carolina high school basketball hubert davis would not be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't do that it's the last day of black history month so i got to give a shout out to my man bill lester bill lester was the last full-time african-american nascar driver before bubba wallace entered the the entered nascar like 2013 2014 bill lester just sat, sat down for an interview with him great guy uh shout out bill lester oh hi mom hi dad Love y'all. Get a dog, please. Finally, for once. Okay, Lucas. Get a dog for Noah. The guy wants. Please. Uh, shout out to my grandma listening. Shout out to Amanda and Tiago up in New York if they're listening. Thanks for letting me use your apartment last weekend. And then shout out to Emmanuel quickly in the Knicks. The Knickerbockers six win, six game winning streak. They are number five in the East. Emmanuel quickly has been one of the best players off the bench all year. They are great to watch. They're such a fun team to watch, and I am all in. But I'll do it for another episode of Sports Wrap. I am Lucas, Jeff, Cody, and Noah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to send you to your... Hold on. Up next, Dad's Record Crate with Mackenzie Law. Dad's Record Crate! Dad's Record Crate. Next up, don't go anywhere. (laughs)